Welcome to the Deepers Creepers podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And this week we're going to talk about the epic end of, God, what could be one of the most monumentous horror movie series ever created, and I will die on that hill, Um, Halloween Ends, that was just released within the last couple weeks. And, uh... Yeah, let's pray that this is the last fucking one. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be. Oh my goodness, I cannot tell you guys how excited I am to talk about not only the conclusion, well, I'll put air quotes around conclusion, but... At least the conclusion to... this canon. This canon and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh god, don't make me cry. I'm gonna cry. I might cry. Halloween. Well, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. But I think that it's really important for Casey and I to kind of... Actually, Casey, this was her idea. I don't want to say I think that. We yeah. think that as a as a collective brain, yeah, bef- her, her brain takes up more of the skull than mine, but mine's in there somewhere. We are <laughs> we are one. We are one big we, medium medium sized. We're two halves of a whole idiot. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> well, we think that it's really important to talk about our relationship with the Halloween franchise in general before we kind of dive into this movie because I think. It's, it's very divisive. Yeah. It's very divisive, and I think a lot of people don't know how they feel about it, and I think I'm going to formulate some more concrete opinions as we talk about it, because I also don't really know how I feel about it. Okay, yeah. So. Um, well, I think my relationship with the... Oh, are we doing the spoiler-free part right now? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll let you guys know. Actually... Once we get done, once we start talking about the movie, then you're in the spoiler section. Right. So we're spoiler free for a little while. We'll talk about this and the rest of the franchise. And then once we say we're getting into the movie, then you guys know it's spoiler time. Um, did you get these tattooed on? No. I, they're just little makeup stamps. They're really cute. Thank you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we'll be posting some fun pictures of the fall stuff that we're doing tonight. Yes. Don't you worry. We're carving pumpkins. And making cookies, bitch. I got cider and champagne to make fall mimosas. And we're painting some little wooden coffin oh, shelves. Oh, we're things. painting little coffins. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night for sure. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys know when we get into the spoilery stuff. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a lot of people are watching it because it is on Peacock now, which is how I, I saw it. Me I would have liked to have seen it in theaters, but it's just been a very busy month. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about, I mean, obviously, I think it's it's a very easy statement to make that the, the 78 Halloween is an absolute classic. Oh, absolutely. Um, no it, question. It reignited, it ignited the slasher genre. I mean, it's why we have Friday the 13th, and Friday the 13th is why we had so many of those very generic and... By generic, I don't mean bad, but generic slashers as a run through the 80s. 
God, I love 80s horror. I do too. And that's it's why just I... It's so bad and campy. Yes. And yet still, like, people say the 80s horror is not scary. And I so disagree. So disagree. Like, I can watch the original Halloween and it still, it still gets me. Or, oh, like, there absolutely. are so many movies that were made that still creep me out. I know Black Christmas was a little bit before the 80s, but that movie, we talk about it a lot. That movie fucking scares me every time. That's a stay tuned. Oh, yeah. We'll be covering oh, that yeah. soon. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, I've, I've known the original since I was a kid. I cannot remember a time in my life when I didn't know who Michael Myers was. He's, Same. I mean, I, I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a 90s kid. I've, I've known, Michael has always been a part of the world that I've lived in. Michael Myers has never not been a horror icon in the world that I am a part of. And I've always loved Michael. Um, I think his mask is iconic. I think he's iconic. Uh, and, you know, everybody has, you know, their favorites of the series and all that. And you can always go back to the original. It still holds up. Jamie Lee is amazing. You know, I think it's I think it's important though. Like before I get into you know my connection with the series, I'd like to hear what are your top three. I was Halloween gonna say movies? yeah. So I was gonna kind of get into that. You know, we don't um, like to do a lot of ratings on our podcast because we really think I don't that like kind of devalues. Yeah. I don't but like just the top three for fun. Like right. what movies. What are your top three of the go of the to. series? Yeah, that you yeah. really enjoy watching. Yeah, and I don't like number <clears> ratings, <throat> but rating a series against itself and like which ones are my favorite personally and which ones I enjoy watching. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Like I said, everyone can go back to the original. Um, my absolute all-time favorite Halloween movie, if anyone knows me, knows it's Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. <laughs> I was holding up three fingers because I knew what yes. she was about to say. This will come back in later to the conversation. <laughs> I love Halloween 3. I think it is a fantastic, just perfectly weird fucking strange-ass movie. And I think that it would be much more well-regarded had Deborah Hill and John Car- Carpenter gotten to do what they wanted originally with the series and hadn't made the original second Halloween. And made an um, anthology, or yes. like went more with the anthology style. Yes. Uh, the uh, Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2, I did not enjoy that much. It's not one of my favorites. Halloween 3, I love. Uh, Halloween 4 used to be my favorite, but when, as I got deeper into the series and I rewatched a lot of the old ones and new ones and you know, just really delved into the series. It's not my top anymore. It might be third on the list. Or actually, it's probably fourth. Um, Three is the first. (laughs) My second one is going to be a little controversial, guys. I don't want people coming at me. Don't at me on Twitter. Um, It is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um... You guys know I'm a Rob Zombie fan, yes. so I'm not going to argue with and that. And I like the the Rob Zombie <laughs> Halloween remake. I did like his uh, remake, but I I just adore Rob Zombie's Halloween too. I don't know what it is. He I, does his own motherfucking thing with it. It goes in so many places. It it starts out exactly how the Halloween 2 original starts out, where she's in the hospital, 
And it just goes, so, oh my, I just, I really love that movie. I watched it again the other day and it just reignited my love for it. And there's so many like up and coming young actors. Yeah. And actresses in that movie. And I love that we get to bring Daniel, Daniel Harris, Harris back. Yeah. Oh, my favorite. Um, I adore her. And I guess second would be tied <laughs> with the original. Um, because it just, it's the original. It's got so much weight to it. Jamie Lee's performance is amazing. There are so many great scares. That original soundtrack. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, I mean, you're so right. And I think that for me, um, I know I talk about my dad a lot on this podcast, but I mean, he's a huge influence in my love for horror and all things Halloween. So yeah. uh, I'm going to keep talking about him. But he and I, every year, he would always dress up with my brother and I. We would always go trick-or-treating until like the last light was off. Like, my dad kept us out past dark. <laughs> but my dad, he he was a protector. I know he would have, he kept us safe. And, of course, he had to, uh, you know, check all of our candy by eating a good chunk of it. Yeah, you got to test uh, it. Yeah, he had to test it to make sure there's no razor blades. It's the dad tax. <laughs> Which is fair. He deserved that. But we would come home and I would sit on the floor in the living room and there would be the Halloween movie marathon on AMC and it was awesome and I remember that there was always a little commercial for it and I can't remember the whole song but it's like he is the psycho in the William Shatner mask and that is something (laughs) that it's like the first horror trivia I ever knew oh because of that commercial so like when people like when I got older were like well what was like the original Michael Myers mask before I even like watched any documentaries or like you know, before, before the internet comment. knowledge, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that I was like, it's the William Shatner mask. It is, <laughs> yes, because that that little jingle has stuck with me, <laughs> and I am not gonna lie, friends. My opinion is also probably very controversial. I love the sister canon. I think it makes sense as to why Michael is stalking this person, even though in the newer, you know, the newer movies, it makes it seem like it's not necessarily her it's more of the town and you know i mean obviously she has a big part of it but i don't know i I think the sister canon is just really like it gave purpose to me as to why he was going so hard after her and her family um i know that's kind of a hot take but that's just something i've always loved so i guess when it comes to my top three god that's so hard um, the original Halloween is going to be number one. Fair. Super nostalgic. I just think it's a masterpiece. And like you said, it what it's done for the genre is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. You can't um, even put it into words. No. Uh, number two. Ooh, this is so hard. Um, Halloween four. That's also nice. very nostalgic. I yes. love Daniel Harris. Part of the sister canon, like I said, I'm really into that. And, ooh, uh, I think that my third favorite is a tie between Halloween H2O. All right. And Halloween 2018. Ooh, fair. 2018 so that's amazing. my top three slash four because I can't really pick between those two because... I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for anything with Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Same. And she is such a bad bitch. I have a... Uh, I have a least two favorite. Is it... 
Um, so it's Curse, Curse of, of Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. Yes. Yeah. Awful. Um, and this one might be a hot take. Resurrection. Halloween, Halloween Kills. I hate okay, it. Okay, yeah, I, that one was... I can't stand Halloween Kills. I've watched it twice, <laughs> like three times, and every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh, God, I hate this movie. Resurrection. Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> I would rather watch that than Evil Dies Tonight. Evil Dies Tonight. See, Evil I at least found... Okay, I at least found redeeming qualities about that because I really liked the nod to Season of the Witch with the children in the masks. I liked the brutality... The yeah, but we got that in the first one. Of the firefighters and that the was cool. light pole, like all the brutality in it was ah, mwah, chef's kiss. And I also really liked them bringing back characters from the original movie. Yeah. So for me, those were the redeeming qualities, and that far outweighs any redeeming qualities in Halloween Resurrection because Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks are not redeeming qualities. I am sorry. We're gonna have to cover Halloween Kills because yes I agree with those good things about it but I think those are the only good things <laughs> and I think the bad things about that movie that piss me off outweigh that and I don't have fun watching it and which is which was surprising to me because I watched 2018 and I I'm in love with that movie I, love I think it. it's a masterpiece yeah I think it's so good and it's what it's the Halloween film we needed yes um I will watch Halloween 3 all day every day and I will defend it until the end of the earth. I used to hate it as a kid, but it didn't make sense to me as a kid. Yeah. But as I got older, I watched it and I learned to appreciate it. For what it for is. For what it is. Yeah. And then also meeting Tom Atkins. Yeah. Uh, just was like, oh, well, I, I love you. I love your face. I have to love everything you've ever been in. Yes. <laughs> it's only absolutely. fair. I love your butt. <laughs> I love you. You do see his butt in that movie. And it's nice. It is a nice booty. Well, are you ready to start talking about this movie? Yes. So, for anyone that, um, you know, is wondering why we have these opinions on the movie that we're about to cover, uh, refer back to the last uh, 15 minutes of the podcast because that's why we feel the way we do. <laughs> if I say something, you're like, what the fuck is she talking about? Just remember... My favorite of the Halloween canon is literally Season of the Witch, so maybe don't take me too seriously. <laughs> and my favorite is the original, so take me very seriously. <laughs> yeah, but she's Jess, so... Oh, that's fair. That negates <laughs> anything I just said. True that. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> yep, so spoilers, folks. Um, if you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. It's so worth it. Um, also, how, why would you listen to this podcast if you've seen the other two? Go watch them. They're so good. Yeah. You can watch the first two on HBO Max, and then you watch the new one on Peacock. You're good to go. Yep. Absolutely. Also, all the Scream movies are on Paramount Plus right now. Just, I don't know why. I've been re-watching those this week, so. Did you know that Scream 2 is Zach's favorite? Scream 2 is Zach's favorite, <laughs> yep. Did you know that Scream 3, every time I watch it, just becomes my least favorite over and over again? <laughs> it's Miley's favorite, too. <laughs> That's something we agree on. We're going to cover Scream eventually. <laughs> Don't you worry. Probably the whole franchise. Anyway, so uh, always want to shout out the people making these wonderful horror movies that we keep, you know, covering. Uh, this one was obviously directed by David Gordon Green, who directed the other two Um, I do think he has a really cool direction style. That is something that I don't have a problem with in any of the three, these three movies. Mm 
um, is his direction. I think he does a great job. Specifically, that one -er in 2018 that goes the on for like... The continuous long Two take. and a half minutes. Oh, I was literally fantastic. just thinking that. And he has some of these, like, camera whips that are very Wes Anderson to me. Yeah. And I, in all three of them. And I just, I really do like his direction. I think he's great. Um, a lot of different writers on this, obviously based on the characters by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, our king and queen of horror. Yes. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> it still kind of boggles my mind that the co-writer on all three of these is Danny McBride. As in, like, the guy from This Is The End, Pineapple Express. What? Danny McBride is the co-creator of 2018 Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, co-writer of the screenplay. What? So I did read that him oh and David gosh. Gordon Green went to college together, so they're, like, longtime buddies. Okay. But, like, this, like, actor that we know as, like, a comedian, like, if anybody's seen the movies I listed, or 30 minutes or less, yeah, he plays a piece of shit, side character, like, funny guy who's making fun of himself in these movies. Yeah. And then he is the co-writer of what ended up becoming one of the most... I mean, Halloween 2018 broke records. Like, yeah. that shit was huge. And obviously, I think a lot of that had to do with um, it coming out in 2017 because that trailer broke actually broke some records for being viewed so many times. And then horror became mainstream again. And so it's, I think that had a lot to do with it. But yeah. just, like, the fact that, like, Danny McBride. That's insane to me. Cre create these. I, I still can't believe it. It still boggles my mind. Anyway, yeah. so uh, we'll go through the cast kind of a little. Obviously, Jamie Lee is Lori. We all know her as Lori. Um, Andy Matichak is Allison. Uh, I've liked her in all three movies. Me I too. really like her. I am very sad that we don't get Judy Greer. <clears throat> oh, I know. Um, James Jude Courtney is back as The Shape. He has played them in all three as well, except for the 78 flashback in Halloween Kills. That was played by... One of the stunt per performers, I want to say, because the 78 Michael is, like, taller and leaner. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Because he's a younger man. Mm -hmm. So he's the, uh, that's the only time he didn't play the shape in these. And then Corey, our new very divisive character of the series. Oh, uh, yeah. Played by Rowan Campbell. Um, I can't, I, I, I don't like his face. I don't either. I don't like it. I don't like his face. It's not a trustworthy face. I don't. I just, okay. <laughs> so, we're going to get into it. You're going to hear all our thoughts. Um, but, yeah, this. The this opening. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to start off and say, I think I love this movie. You know, after watching it again, I, and I had a lot of fun. I've only seen it once, and also I waited a little while to see it. I did not get anything spoiled. I didn't really read anything about it. But just people's general reactions that I was hearing. I think I went in with such low expectations and not want, like, not going in wanting it to be something else that I think I was just like, I got taken along for the ride. Yeah. And I just let it do that to me. And I was like, huh, I don't think I hate this. <laughs> well, we get the introduction of our, you know, new main character, Corey. 
I will say, um, you watch this on Peacock, right? Yeah. So the new Blumhouse intro thing that goes through all the, like, it's got a bunch of little horror Easter eggs as it's, like, going through the Blumhouse, like, logo studio thing. Because it used to just be the creepy girl in the room. Yeah. But this one, like, when I watched it, it went through, like... It, it just had, like, a bunch of little horror references. It was, like, a camera going through this house. It was, like, digital effect, obviously. But there were, like, these girls holding hands, like, the um, Shining. But they had purge masks on. And it oh, had, like, I don't even, a bunch I of don't little. I don't even think I realized that. A bunch of little Blumhouse references. I thought it was so fucking cool. That sounds cool. I yeah. need to go back and rewatch I that. I did think. I like when studios do stuff like that. Because it keeps me interested before yeah. the movie starts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not have some fun with it? Yeah. Uh, but yes, like Jess was saying, we are immediately introduced to our new character, Corey. And he's babysitting for this family who's got a son named Jeremy. I wrote, and I wrote Jeremy who? I wrote shit-ass kid. And then I wrote, Corey who? <laughs> who are these people? Right. Where, where where's Judy Greer? <laughs> and I know she already died, but where's Judy Greer? So essentially, Jeremy... And Corey, you know, they're being a babysitter and kid. Yep, they're, they hired Corey. This is his first time babysitting for them. He was their, the kid that lo- mowed their lawn. Yep. Yeah. This is 2019, by the way. This is one year after the events of both Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, which take place on the same night. This opening to Halloween ends is one year after that. The opener is. So it's 2019 yeah. Halloween. The rest of the movie takes four takes place four years after. So current time, 2022. Yes. So, so this is 2019. He's watching this little kid, Jeremy. Um, it is kind of weird. So when the mom is talking to Corey, she's like, yeah, you know, with everything that happened last year in Haddonfield, which is where they are, obviously, still. It's still the same town. Um She's like, you know, he's just scared. And with all that stuff with Michael Myers. And just the way she so casually but seriously says the name Michael Myers. Like, he is a person in this universe. And like I said earlier, in my whole life, Michael Myers has been a known name. Yeah. But he's like, it's so, it's just so weird to hear them talk about him in that light. And he's just, he's just a dude. You know? It's just weird. It's just weird to hear people say... Oh, some some Michael Myers. And I'm like, but you're in the horror movie. You're not supposed to say his name. <laughs> they said it. They, oh, they said it. Well, Jeremy uh, doesn't seem afraid at all because he's pulling fucking pranks on Corey. And he locks him in the fucking attic. And they're watching The Thing before that. That's they're a, watching The Thing. That's which a is, fucked up movie. It is. But it's also hilarious reference. Yes, absolutely. But, like, also, why? Like, so, yeah, that kid's definitely not scared. His mom's just stupid. Yeah, and... Corey has like a fucking panic attack which I felt for him because in that situation if I like when I feel trapped and I'm very claustrophobic so if I feel trapped in a place even in a fucking sweater I lose my fucking mind and I would have I would have done that I would have been kicking and trying to bust out a fucking door like I don't like being trapped he did that he freaked out Corey and gets locked in the attic the kid locks him in there and is like praying, playing a prank on him and yeah when I, in the first few seconds i was like okay he's really freaking out but he knows that it's just the kid fucking with him but yeah you're right it's cuz i get claustrophobia too and obviously i i don't i mean i only have it to a mild extent but obviously yeah. some people 
really, really suffer from that. And yeah, if you feel trapped, you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna react like an animal. You have an animal brain. You are a mammal. You're an animal. You're gonna have an animal reaction. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I thought it was an overreaction. But the second, see, I watched it again today. Yes. Because I watched it right when it first came out. And the second time I watched it, as a person who's dealt with, you know, claustrophobia and even just mental health struggles, to me, I was able to see myself in him in that moment. And it really, like, I was like, oh, God, like, being trapped and freaking out. And, like, I I might have reacted the same way. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm, I'm really excited to tell this part because I really like Oh, God. I honestly <laughs> love the opener of this movie. I think it's so fucking hardcore. Totally. I, I, I just, it's this. so metal. I love it. So the little <laughs> kid is, like, on the other side of the door of the attic door, like, taunting him, like, ha-ha, Michael Myers is going to get you. And Corey is on the inside of the attic freaking out, like, trying to bust open this door. And the parents are coming home. And they walk into the front door. And, and they hear Corey, like, saying, I'm gonna fucking kill you, you fucking kid. Because he's... He was pissed. He's pissed. He's like, let me out of this fucking room. But the parents don't know what's going on. So they walk in and they just hear, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fucking kill, kill, you. kill you, Jeremy. Yeah, and so Corey kicks open this door and it smashes into this little kid so hard. And they have, like, a four-story house with this, like, open spiral railing. Oh, my and God. And the kid fucking just smashes into the ground. It's like the mom turns around. She's like, what was that? And, and then it's like, splat. It's like the body falling in wreck. Like, they just woof down. And it just, oh, my God. They, this kid gets fucked up. Oh, my God. It was... And Corey's just standing at the top of the stairs like, ooh. I said, kid dying five minutes in, brutal opening scene. Like, there is, you guys remember, like, when there was, like, a stigma? I feel like growing up, like, you can't show children dying in horror movies. I love when a horror movie does it. I do, too. When they go that, especially in the first few minutes. Yeah. You're gonna go that route. That's the first fucking death in the movie. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, I literally wrote at one point, is he gonna accidentally kill the kid? Oh, fuck! Yeah. That happened. And what I liked next is that the opening uh, font mm-hmm. was similar to that of Season of the Witch. Yeah. And it's been, the fonts have lined up with the original Halloween in 2018 mm-hmm. to Kill and then yes. Season of the Witch. And ends. I really, I love all of the um, the openings that they've done. Like Halloween Kills had the 13 different flaming pumpkins to re- to represent the 13 movies that have been in the franchise so far. And then in this one for the opening, um, while we're getting our iconic music, you'll have a pumpkin, and in the, like, eyes and mouth of the pumpkin, you'll see another pumpkin flying up, and it'll birth through it, basically. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's kind of, it's each sequel just blasting through the last one. Don't care what you said, don't care what your canon is. Here I am, I'm the new one. You're going to have to look at me because, hey, I'm the new canon. Right. And it's just each one doing that. And that's kind of how I saw that. I thought it was really cool. I think whoever designed these three openers is just perfect. Love you. I love them. I miss long-ass intros like that. Me too. You know, I I really do. I just, I miss a big, long, like an opener and then a long intro that's black with, like, you know, the title and the people who made it and some music and some creepy stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. That's what I want for the beginning of my horror movie. Yay. That's all I want. Yep. So, 
We cut to Lori. This is going to be like Casey said. This is now present times. Yes. So this is 2022 because it's four years after the events of Halloween 2018. And we are shown Lori's new life. She bought a house in Haddonfield. She lives in it with her granddaughter, Allison. We get this really cool Jamie Lee Curtis voiceover explaining. Um, we get some flashbacks to the actual 78, not like remade flashbacks, but like actual. little baby Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, it was so cool. It is it is really cool. I wrote, Lori, bad bitch, you deserve to write a book. <laughs> Hell yeah, she is writing a book uh, on her experiences with The Shape. And yeah, she's just kind of talking about how she... Because after we see what happened with Corey, we see, you know, these other people got killed. Someone killed themselves. A lot of paranoia over Michael Myers that led to this town really being traumatized about it. And, you know, a lot of people ended up dying in the, you know, in the subsequent years because of this trauma that he left. This grief and this paranoia that he left behind. Absolutely. And... You know, so I, you know, for Lori, it was, I'm going to settle down. I'm going to show them that I am not afraid, that I can, you know, that we can move on and move past this. And so she tries the normal home life and she's living with Allison, um, who's from the past two movies. uh, And she's just trying to be normal. You know, she's just trying to live her life that she never got to live. Yeah. I wrote, um, <clears throat> Lori, good with guns, bad with ovens. R.I.P. to that pie. <laughs> R.I.P. to that pie. Um, yeah, let's But yeah, see. just, uh, if, you know, all her, the things she's writing in the book and the things that happened, you know, in the subsequent years between movies, basically, it's just things they really set up in Halloween Kills, that community grief and how, um you know, events and traumas that happen can affect an entire community and not just the people it happens to directly, but everyone on the outside as well that is, you know, that that is affected by it. It's, I just think it's interesting theme that runs through all three. And that is one thing that I did like about Halloween Kills is that you get a look at the town that you've never gotten a look at before because it's usually just a very small group that Michael's going after and you don't get to see the way it affects the rest of the people living in that area. So that is one thing I like about Halloween Kills. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I liked that we... But I like it better in this one. Yeah. So <laughs> so that's why Halloween Kills ranks so low. Because I think they did it so much better in this one. <laughs> well, we then get to see where Allison works. And she works at, is it like a... A medical office? Yeah, uh, I, don't, I think it's probably just like an urgent care. Yeah. Like, not an emergency room, but like an urgent care. Yeah. she brings, at one point, uh, Lori brings Corey there because he's got like a cut in his hand. So, yeah, I think like a minute clinic kind of thing. Yeah. She's like a nurse or a technician. And she is talking about how she doesn't want to go to this Halloween party in town alone to her coworker, Deb, who, fuck Deb, and also... The doctor that works there is a fucking dick. Yeah. But I did like Deb's comment. She said, if it's not sexy, it's not Halloween. Yeah. I I like that. I wrote, doctor is a dick. Why? (laughs) Why do you act like this? Um, Uh, So we do see, so the thing that leads Lori taking Corey, Lori and Corey, to the hospital um, is 
Corey goes to this gas station, and these teenagers come up and ask him for beer, and then they realize who he is. And I, this is my issue with, my very few issues with this movie, my number one issue with Halloween Kills, and my favorite part about Halloween 2018, the characters in this movie act so fucking stupid and unrealistic. Yeah. Whereas 2018, everyone had motives, all the characters acted smart, I understood everything that was happening. I'm sorry, I know teenagers are bad, I know teenagers are scary, whatever. I don't know a fucking single teenager that would act like this to a known murderer. No, and they're also band geeks. They're literally band geeks. There is no bold band geek. I know. As bold as this. I know band geeks. They're not doing that. They're fucking making out under the bleachers and fingering each other. I'm sorry, but that's what they're doing. Yeah, and they're certainly not going to fuck up their scholarships by getting someone to buy them alcohol. And it just, like, <laughs> yeah, the way this guy, like, this kid is acting and... He's a fucking turd. He is such a turd. So Lori stands up for Corey and is like, you know, fuck off, you guys. And I don't know anybody that would speak to Lori Strode like that. And he's like, oh, old lady, blah, blah, blah. Freak it's show like, and the psycho. It's like... Trip him. <laughs> but they do slash his tire. Yeah. So that's cool. That I did was like cool. that. I liked that. I do. I, do. I think Lori's such a badass in this movie. Because she didn't get to be a badass in the last one. She was in the fucking hospital the whole time. Show grief your fucking tits. Yeah, I did like that. I, I did too. I, <laughs> I think it's good. I can't remember who I was talking to, but they told me that they didn't think that Lori was as much of a badass in this movie. And I don't know what fucking movie they were watching. Because she... She's so badass. She fucking... She she doesn't have to like she doesn't have to be angry and like paranoid all the time. Like her even in her vulnerable state, which we'll talk about later, is still such a badass. The one thing I will say that bugged me about Lori's character and also bugged me about Allison's is that when people in the town for some reason blame Lori because for some reason the town like story has now become Lori fucked with a guy with mental issues and he went crazy on the town. Which like, is, people keep saying stuff like that and I'm just super like, weird. like, no, we all know what happened. The whole town knows what happened. The cops know what happened. The people in the hospital in Halloween Kills knew what happened. That Sartain took him there so that he could attack Lori again. It's literally nothing is Lori's fault. And Lori just like, she seems so sad when people say it and then Allison will just like accept it. And be like, oh, it's your fault. And it's like, how and in what universe is this Lori's fault? 100%. I wrote that down too. Why are people blaming Lori? I don't understand. I, and why she just takes it. Like, why has that become the narrative? I don't understand. I don't I don't get I, that. I don't like it either. I don't and get that gap. The whole thing. Like, it's just. Because it wasn't even her in Halloween Kills that's, you know, leading this mob. I could understand if they were all mad at the guy, which he ended up dying at the end of the last one, um, Lonnie or whoever, the one that's leading the evil oh, dice yep, tonight yep, yep, pack, yep. blaming him for it maybe because he got a bunch of people killed in the end by mm-hmm. bringing all these people to kill Michael Myers in a big group. But Lori was literally in the hospital the whole time and just was at home when Michael showed up. Like I don't, I also, don't get her, that. Her daughter was murdered. Like have some fucking sympathy. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I hate that we kind of brush over that. Yeah. Like, they're like, she's like, here's your mom and dad's rings. Yeah. And that was it. We also meet around this time, uh, Corey's Corey's mom. mom. She. She's weird. Fucking sucks. She sucks really bad and I don't understand her. 
I, she treats him like a child. But he's grown. But he's a grown up. But then she, I don't. I think he had a really. I think him and his. I don't. Is that his dad or his stepdad? Good question. It treats him like a dad. Well, I think it's his stepdad. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess the relationship they have seems more stepdad like. But we the, like the stepdad. But we like the stepdad, and that's surprising for horror movies. And the mom, I feel like the mom was abusive to Corey and maybe even the stepdad both. Yeah, yeah, I could see I that. Could, I could get that vibe because he's just like, later in the movie, he's like, I hope you find someone to love. Yeah. And he's just sad, but he wants to be like a good guy for Corey. And it's it's really sad, but the, mom, the mom is fucking crazy. I think she's stupid. Ugh, can't stand her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the relationship between Lori and, what's his name, Frank? Frank. Yeah. Lori plus Frank equals ship. <laughs> I heard some rumors or, like, some theories after 2018 because it said Lori was married and divorced a few times. And I heard some theories that, like, it was her, like, her and Frank were one of the, like, like, she, he was one of the ones that she married, but then that got, like, dispelled in tw- uh tw- in Halloween kills basically. Yeah, but he was I do they about, do like, have a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I very much very much ship the two of them. Me too. And it's big fan. Like when they run into each other in the store it's so awkward I and know. cute. I'm just like you guys are so cute. She's like I like your face. I mean, I like, I like seeing, seeing your face. face. He's like your you t- yours too or yep. something. I was like, "Oh." Cuz when she he first sees her, he's like, "Ooh, I like your hair." Like, yeah. Mm. And she's like, "Vegetables, Frank. Have you ever eat, tried one?" Eat vegetables. <laughs> I said, "Okay, so the next part <laughs> this is kind of what we were talking about. Like, Lori walks outside the grocery store. She's beaming cuz she was flirting with Frank. It was super cute. And then this chick is there like giving her a really hard time, and she's with this lady in a wheelchair. And you realize it's the lady from Halloween Kills who had, like, got stabbed through the fucking neck with a light tube. How did she survive? I wrote down, question of the century, how the fuck did the woman with the light tube through her neck survive? Yeah, how did, how the fuck did she there's, survive? I feel like there's no way. Like, that is a little unrealistic. A little unrealistic. Because she was Because I, one thing... fucking... One thing I almost did get spoiled is I heard... That someone that we thought died in Halloween Kills was alive in this one. And, and thought I thought it was, was going to be Judy Greer because we didn't Aww. see her actually get stabbed and murdered. And, you know, we didn't see her dead body lying there. But this woman had a fucking fluorescent light tube in her neck. And that pisses me off. And that's not only the only injury she had. Like, he, like... Yeah, he fucked her he up. fucked her up. Anyway, I don't yeah. like that. Uh, and, yeah, Lori, like, she's, like... You fucked with a guy with mental issues and he destroyed the town or something like that. And Lori just, like, gets sad and walks away. And it's like, no, that's... What? How did this become the narrative? It really... I know I bring it up on the podcast all the time. But it reminds me of the new Candyman. Because in the new Candyman, when they start telling the story at the beginning of that movie, the narrative of Candyman, of, like, the the events of the... 1990 movie have changed everyone thinks that Helen Lyle really did kidnap the baby and kill the dog and blah 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 because they wanted to you know change the story so it reminds me of that but also like I don't what is this town what is wrong with this town no no kidding we should nuke Haddonfield at this point honestly burn it to the fucking ground yeah that is what they say 
Um, so next we kind of get Allison and Corey going to a Halloween party together after some, there's some really non-important moments of like flirtation between the two and fixing of the car and she had a shitty cop ex-boyfriend, a cab. A cab. Um, I'm super not concerned with a lot of that if you don't mind. Kind not of, at all. Because I wrote down, this is a very... Rom- like, this is like a romantic drama. Give me some fucking death. Yeah, well, David Gordon Green did say he wanted the third one to be a love story. He wanted the first one to be horror, the second one to be action, and the third one to be a love story. And I'm just like, what? I do love Allison's at least confidence. Make, but at least make the love story more believable. Like, they are so ride or die for each other so immediately that I'm like, no, no. I thought that too. I was like, I get it. Y'all both have fucking trauma. Like, maybe it's trauma bonding, but, like, it's not healthy. Yeah. It's definitely not healthy. She dances weird, also. Yeah, she does. I mean, I can't dance super well, but she dances weird. Yeah, well, they're they're at the bar that, like, we saw in the last movie that they, you know, were doing their whole spiels. Oh, it is the same bar. Yeah, and we have Kyle Richards, who plays, um... God, what's her name? Lindsay? Lindsay, yeah. Little Lindsay. She played it in the original 78, was in the last one yep. in Halloween Kills. She, yep. Bever- it, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She got away from Michael in Halloween Kills. I do really like Kyle Richards' character. I, I think she's, she's sweet. She She's the bartender. She cares. You know, she's been close to that family for so long. Oh, yeah. She's, um, like, hanging well, out I mean, in the was house later. Yeah. You know? I love her. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and she is the bartender there, and then Corey goes up, because he, like, he starts off in a mask, in this weird little scarecrow plastic mask. I hate it. And he gets, like, a little more comfortable, he takes off his mask, goes to order beer, and wouldn't you know it, who's sitting at the fucking bar? Jeremy's mom. <laughs> Billy's mother. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Jeremy's mom. Um, and she just looks over and she's like, are you having a good time there? Like, she's fucking... She's a cunt. I'm sorry. I... Yeah. It... I get it. I get it. I mean, I don't get it because I don't have a kid, so I don't I know. know what it would be like to lose a kid, but also, like, your kid was a little shit. And it's been three years. You're allowed to feel, but, like, why? You gotta make a scene. It was an accident. I mean, it re- whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So he gets upset and leaves, and there's a whole dramatic moment of him and Allison being like, bleh, and, and she cries, and it's... And mm. I'm just like, why do you like him why are you fucking so crying? much that you're, like, ignoring every red flag that this boy is sending to you? Yes. And you're just like, oh my god. Like, you haven't kissed, you haven't had sex, you don't know anything about him, this is your first date... Allison, what the fuck? You're, I know. I like, I couldn't. I, I thought her character was so stupid in moments of Halloween Kills and this movie. And I really like her character overall. So I was super disappointed in some of the writing because I don't think it's realistic in moments like that. Yeah. Especially considering. Okay, so Halloween 2018. She has the boyfriend. Cool. He, he She sees him kissing another girl, immediately leaves immediately walks away says I'm fucking done with you and then and then yes they have the reconciliation in Halloween Kills which I kind of did like that because yes mistakes happen teenagers get back together she understands and she says you know there's more going on right now yes let's you know reconcile Mm -hmm. and then he dies okay fine sad 
I don't get how much it would change, how it would change her that much when she was so willing. Cameron or whatever her boyfriend name boyfriend's name was, she was like, "Oh no, fuck you!" But this guy, who she doesn't even know, is sending her every red flag I've ever seen. Right. Just, and she just ignores them all and is like, "But I like you," and I'm like, "He's not." He's not Tom Atkins. No. Get over it. Well, anyways, after their big dramatic blow up, um, Corey's walking down the street. The fucking punk ass band kids are back. And yeah, they fucking knock him over this like bridge. And he lands on his back and, like, passes out. Yeah, they were, like, fucking with him, and it, I don't know. It's it's a weird scene. I don't know. Again, I hated it. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't I hate really those like band it. kids. Um, I realistic. do, too. And it just, like, that part just seems like, oh, we need a reason to get him near this tunnel thing by this homeless person. We need to get him in this area. Let's, oh, well, let's bring the band kids over there and toss him over. And it's like, whatever, just... Whatever. Find a different way. That was boring. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but he does, you know, he flips over the railing, he flops on the ground, and then somebody immediately starts dragging his body away. And this is when the movie, and I think this is when everybody, except for maybe me, was like, come on. <laughs> what is go? what's Michael doing? He doesn't do stuff like that, because, of course, it's Michael Myers. Right. And he just drags him into the tunnel and, like, leaves him there, basically. Like, it's just waiting for him to wake up. No, Michael doesn't do that. And But I have my theories, okay? I, like I said at the beginning, I love this movie. I think I love this movie. So, whatever. Um, but yeah. anyway, if you want to talk about <laughs> yeah, what happens. So, Corey sits up. He's incredibly confused. He's inside of this, like sewer and also mikey lives in a sewer just like pennywise truly yeah i was Besties. like this man be living in a sewer i i literally wrote, <laughs> does mikey my my live in a sewer now <laughs> mikey my my that's what i call him i'm sorry i love that mikey my my i literally wrote it a few times that is amazing yeah. <laughs> so mikey my my is uh m.i.a for the moment mikey my my m.i.a for the momo and <laughs> that's a tongue twister. It is. And Corey's like starting to come to, and like he starts to leave the tunnel. And like right before he gets out of the tunnel, Michael's hands come through like the wall yes. and like grab his face. And there's this like weird like transfer of evil. It is very like like you can see some of like, like Corey's memories. Yeah, and it's almost like Michael can feel and see that, and he's like holding onto his throat. I think he's choking him, and. I kept thinking, is he just going to, like, make him go to sleep again and then wait for him to wake up again? I don't understand. But, yeah, it's it really is like this. It's almost, okay, so I recently watched Slither again, and it's almost like that bringing him into, like, I've been infected, I'm going to infect you. I'm gotcha. going to bring you into my cult, into my horde of zombie or whatever, you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, he basically infects him with the evil of Michael Myers, yeah. of Mikey Mai Mai. And then he, you know, he escapes the grasps because Michael's, he's getting older, y'all. He's a man, you know. We're kind of starting to realize in this canon he's not necessarily this supernatural being, but he is a man. And we see we see his age in this movie, which I yeah. think is 
really, really cool. So, so you don't think he let him go on purpose? I mean, I do, but okay. also, like, okay. you can start to see his... Oh, yeah. You know, him slowing down a little bit, which we'll see more later, but... Oh, yeah, especially when him and Corey get into that yep. hand-to-hand combat. I was yep. like, oh, boy, buddy. I also have theories about that. Um, yeah. Because, <laughs> and James... Or, not James Jude Courtney, sorry. Uh, David Gordon Green has stated that his Michael Myers isn't supposed to be supernatural. I have my theories about why this movie is, in fact, supernatural. I mean, it seems that way with this transfer of evil, you know, but yeah. he, he you know, escapes the sewers, and there's this homeless man that's, like, office rocker, and he's like, I've seen him take people into that sewer, and they never come out. What makes you different? Like, you need to go in there and get me that mask, and he's freaking out. And he says, I'm Michael Myers. Yeah, it's, it's super weird. He's got a knife on Corey, and we hear this repeated stabbing not just one but four i got it four stabs it, and then of course the two of them fall to the ground and of course squelching. it's Corey. yeah <laughs> of course it's Corey um stabbing the homeless guy because he got a hold of the knife or whatever but yeah at that moment i was like Corey, what the fuck you didn't just defend yourself you stabbed him four times yeah he was not playing games with the stabbing <laughs> yeah that's when we start to see the chips in the because Obviously, the beginning of this movie paints him to be a a sympathetic character. You know, it was a total accident what happened with that kid. And now he's completely hated by everyone in his town to the point where he can't even show his face, basically. Yeah. And the only person that'll hire him, because he works with his dad, his stepdad at the junkyard or whatever, obviously probably the only job he can get. Yeah. And then, but this is when we start to see that is... Okay, is he a victim, though? Is he? I don't know. Did this turn him into, you know, did this all this hatred of from the town and everyone blaming him and telling him he's a killer anyway turn him into a killer? Is it supernatural? Is Silver Shamrock behind the whole thing? Because I think it is. You I think, think Michael's mask in this timeline is a silver shamrock mask. Is that why you think that the opening credits with, like, the... Yes. The well, Halloween 3 font? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, I can see where you're... I think my headcanon for this is that his mask is a silver shamrock mask. I think that the... Um, it's likely that the Scarecrow one is, too. When he, because he's wearing a little scarecrow mask, but when he puts that mask on, he becomes, you know, the new Michael for a little while. Spoilers, obviously, for later in the movie. And then Michael puts his mask back on, and it's not until they take it off of him and slit his throat that he that they're able to finally actually kill him. It's just like there's little ah. things, and I did read. I will say, so I wrote at one point. In my notes, silver fucking shamrock, because I was like, oh shit. As soon as the movie ended, I went and looked it up, and I have never felt more validated in my fucking life, because David Gordon Green wrote an ending where it takes place in the fucking silver shamrock factory, and it's printing out silver shamrock masks, and then it starts printing Michael Myers masks. Never filmed... But that is, like, oh, 
That's really cool. I never even thought about that. And that's why I think I love this movie. Okay, Because I, okay. Am, I am attributing everything that happens to Connell Cochran and the Stonehenge that he stole. That, that changes things. Yes. Wow. Yes. So anyway, uh, we'll go back. My mind's blown. I know. I love this. I love this movie. Anyway, so yeah, so he kills the uh, the the homeless guy, and then he throws the knife. I'm like, why'd you? Don't throw the evidence. Fucking. Idiot. Why? Why you throw knife? I wrote, why you throw knife? No reason. Um, when he goes home, one of like I've said before, I really like the um the direction here. I like a lot of the shots. I think all three of them are shot beautifully. I think there's a really cool shot where he's like looking down at his hands with the blood and he's washing them. It's like a POV shot. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I do. I really like the direction. I like the camera work in this. I do. Um, so I, th- I think the next important thing that happened was, um, oh yeah, her ex-boyfriend, the cop, comes down. He's like looking for... Corey after like a little combative issue that they had at the diner when he was hanging out with Allison and he sees his motorbike under this um, bridge where you know we know where the sewer is and essentially we see a really cool scene of Corey holding the cop so Michael Myers can kill him and he can watch how it's done. Yes, and it it's, please don't judge me, it's kind of hot. <laughs> when, and I, I'll remind you, I don't like Corey. I don't like Corey's character. But when he's, like, holding him, and he's just, like, it's kind of, it's very sexual. I was when like, how like did that knife him? not, like, it was a big knife. How did it not go through him? I was wondering that, too. Because, I mean, just, like, it feel like, I mean, he was, his his body was against yeah, the cop. It's like a trust fall, like, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. if somebody were to fall back against you like that, and he's holding this cop, and Michael is just stabbing him repeatedly. And it's kind of a sexual, like, the way that Corey is, like, looking up at Michael while he just penetrates this guy over and over again. I'm sorry, but, like... I had to use the word penetrate But there. that's, I mean, that's, like, a huge theory of, like, murder and psychopathy and even in, you know, true crime and things like that, a lot of, you know, serial killers and things that use those type of weapons, that is, you know, a form of violation that is their form of sex essentially and so even in horror movies you have to kind of read those things that way yeah that's true it just always is um but yeah it it's such a weird fucking scene um and then you know the the moment of combat between him and michael and that's when you kind of see michael's age like i was saying earlier and you kind of get a realization that this man he's a man yeah he is just a man yeah and it kind of like it was like a groundbreaking moment for lifelong Michael Myers fans. Um, speaking from my own experience, but I've never seen him as just a man. And so it's really cool to have that moment of really just seeing him as a human being because I've always thought he was kind of this super evil, this supernatural. Like, I've never thought of him as just a person who could die. And it was just really cool to finally see that in a movie and see, like, 
the or feel the heavy breathing and truly just <laughs> watching Casey try to get the court. It's just really funny. Anyways, I'm just happy that we got to see him be a human. Yeah, it is. It's cool. Um, oh, I just talked about that forever. <laughs> Uh, I don't know when it is, but there's this one scene where Lori's looking out of her window and she oh. sees Corey outside, kind of half hidden by the bushes, like that fucking classic ass scene in the original. Oh, I love the when he's like sitting when he's hiding in the uh, bushes. The sheets. No, he's in the sheets, oh, the sheets. in the original yeah, yeah. one. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep. and it's just that callback. There's another callback scene later when Lori mm-hmm. is in the uh, closet. And Michael's looking for her. And and another callback scene coming up shortly, actually, when he stabs Deb yes. into the wall. And leaves and her then as a decoration. turns his head, mm-hmm. does the classic tilt. Like the Bob kill. The very, you know, Bob yeah. kill was one of my favorites because then he puts on the, the ghost <laughs> outfit and the glasses. Because Michael's got a very dark sense of humor. Truly. Very dark sense of humor. Yeah, I said, uh, did the town do this to Corey, or was it always there? You know, because that's what the, mm-hmm. um, Lori met up with the father of Jeremy. I can't remember his name. Um, and he's like, Corey was a good kid, but I, like, I saw him the other day, and I looked him in the eyes, and, like, that's not him. Yeah. So you could tell there was something different. Um, <laughs> oh, I wrote the next thing is we, we get to see that, Allison did not get the raise that she was promised by her boss, and mm-hmm. Deb got the raise. I wrote at one point, Dr. Fucking Nurse, and then later in my notes, it, re- it goes, Dr. Is Fucking Nurse. I said, I'd fuck my boss too for a raise. I fucked, I fucked a boss for less. Oh, no. A couple. <sighs> well, more if you include clinic visits. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Um, not you, Casey. Them. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) yeah, he just, there are so many times when Corey's acting so fucking weird and she's just ignoring it. Like, like when they're in, when they're sitting there at the, what? No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just like, he's just so When when they're sitting there at the diner, he's like giving her advice, like, oh, you can't even live your life. Like, you're just here for your grandma and you need to let that go and blah. Like, you don't know her. You don't know her. Why oh are you giving God. her advice? Oh my God, I know. They've known each other like three days. He's like, you need to leave. We need to leave together. Let's run away. And I'm just like, God damn, give me a longer timeline for the two of them or something. No kidding. Yeah. Weird. Stupid. Yeah, so we get this scene where... Oh yeah, it was, oh, in, yeah. The, it was in the bar scene, by the way, when the dad is talking. And just kind of the way he's talking about... I don't know, it's just something about the way he's talking about how the town made their his grief about them and he wanted to um you know, forgive Corey and prove the town wrong, basically, because the town took his grief and, and made, made it, it theirs. Yeah, and made it theirs. Yeah. And then that's when he saw the look in Corey's eyes. And that's when I was like, wait, he had the mask. And then there's the part with the doctor when he here we'll talk about it in a minute. Yep. And he's wearing the little scarecrow mask. And I literally wrote in big letters, Silver Shamrock, where is Connell Cro- Cochran? <laughs> but yeah, so we See, find doctor out is that... is fucking nurse. Yeah, Deb and the doctor 
They be fucking. She she's, got the she got the phrase. She still calls him Doctor Mathis. Like he probably when she likes that. I guess, but when she's like calling out to him because she thinks something wrong, Doctor Mathis, Doctor Mathis. She like, probably doesn't know his first name. Weird and gross. Yeah, but let's be honest, she's there for the money. Okay, but I know all the first names of the doctors I work with. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's like getting in the shower. She hears the thing. This thing. She turns on a light and. Corey is stabbing the fuck out of that doctor. Yeah. I mean, just repeatedly in his stupid little scarecrow mask. <laughs> you think Pearl would fuck him? Probably. <laughs> Let's be honest. What wouldn't Pearl fuck? Oh, that's true. We that's love her. That's true. We love her. Um, yeah, so, and then she, like, runs in the house. She locks the door behind her to, like, get away from Corey. And then fucking Michael comes out of nowhere. And, yeah. Stabs her, hangs her up on the wall like a decoration, does the head tilt, and then they get the fuck out of Dodge. Tag team killing. Couples who kill together stay together. (laughs) It is literally tag team killing. I don't... And I'm just... And I think this is probably where a lot of people are like, Michael would never do that. He's just a, you know... In a lot of movies, he's portrayed as just... He's a shark. He's He's a mindless... He doesn't, he just kills. And, you know, why would he work with somebody? And that's why I have this big theory of Silver Shamrock being in control because, of course, they'd want another psycho to kill for them. Yeah. And I think it makes the movie make more sense and more enjoyable, which is why it's my canon. I No, I really like your theory. Yes. Um, so, also, there was something we kind of forgot to brush on earlier, and it's, like, this radio, like, radio talk show host for the local radio has been, like, exploiting the victims of, you know, the 2018 events and using it to, like, get popularity on his radio show. And him and Allison are out, like, fucking around outside of this, like, radio station, jumping off of buildings, whatever. The guy comes out, and he's talking mad shit to them, and, you know, Corey's, like... I'm going to come back for this guy later. This is when the guy says directly to Allison, she, and talking about Lori, she teased a man with with brain damage and blah, blah, blah. Like, in, how? How? I don't fucking get it either. In what way? Yeah. In what way? I don't understand. I understand everyone maybe being even mad at her just because, like, even if they would just say, like, you were the reason he came back or... He really just wanted you dead or something like to make it make sense in their heads. But this doesn't make sense to me. No. Like them making up this storyline to doesn't make sense to me. And so like I get the town being mad, but like fuck off also. And this is when Allison's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's run away. Everyone hates me here. Me. Well, meanwhile, Lori went to visit Corey's psycho mom who slapped him for no fucking reason, by and the way. kissed him. It was weird. It was so weird. I That's why I think that she has been abusive in the past. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, Lori basically got out of the situation that she's probably not a good person for Allison to date at this moment in her life. Yeah, and it's, it, you can, like, see the changes in Lori, the way she looks at and talks to Corey. She can just kind of see. She's like, that's, he's, that, that boy ain't right. And she even says to Allison, like, I see the same eyes in him that I saw in Michael. And Allison loses her fucking mind, is so unkind to Lori. It, it's just, she's awful. Like, she's it's, awful to her, and it just really made me sad. And it's really, like, it doesn't make sense to track with her character. Her Like, 
Allison has always defended her grandma when her mom was so against her in 2018. Yeah. When Judy Greer was like, no, you can't talk to your grandma. She doesn't need to come to the dinner. You need to stay away from her. She's toxic, blah, blah, blah. The whole time was Allison was like, no, she just needs love. I love my grandma. She just, she needs her family. She needs us to rally around her. And then four years later, after you've lost your mom, you've obviously bonded with Lori even more. Right. She is the sole person in your life, basically. And then some dude comes along and all of a sudden you're like, you're crazy and you ruined my life and blah, blah, blah. And you're not a six. This is stuff that like I would expect from a 16 year old. I, not, that's why I said, like, I don't understand but why her character was written this way. She's an adult with a job. She would a, never do anything no. to hurt her grandmother. That doesn't track with it her character. It doesn't, no. No, it doesn't. Because it, she's she's always been ride or die for her grandma. Yeah. I don't understand that. Even when she was going against her mom and dad, she was always for her grandma. And then even in Halloween Kills, she was very much, no, grandma saved us. Grandma telling us. How he was going to come back over and over again is how we were prepared and how we survived. How my yeah. mom and, and then a couple years later, it's this. I don't under, I don't get that. I don't I don't think it makes sense for her character. Yeah, because she knows that even though she lost her parents, like her her grandma lost her daughter. Yeah. You know, like she wouldn't say something so hurtful. Yeah, I it yeah, yeah. it doesn't track. But let's move on. Um, but if somehow. Silver Shamrock has been <laughs> issuing out these masks. Maybe it's just affecting the whole town in like a supernatural way. It could be. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it make sense, bruh. Oh, man. Um, so anyway, uh, Corey, this is when Corey gets into the fist fight, weirdly, with Michael Myers. I've never seen him lose a fist fight, but he loses to this scrawny little bitch. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's not scrawny, but to this little bitch. <laughs> I mean, he's been living in a fucking sewer, too. Like, That's true. He's probably he's living probably off, like, rats. He's probably malnourished. Yeah. So he takes Michael's mask. So now um, Corey has the mask and the jumpsuit. I don't know how he got the jumpsuit. Maybe he has his own jumpsuit. Yeah. I mean, he's a mechanic. Oh, pff, duh. <laughs> Which is how Michael got his jumpsuit. It's a mechanic's jumpsuit. Yeah. That You're stupid, sense. Casey. I know, Casey. I didn't, no, I didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> well, we end up back at, oh yeah, so he carved Psycho into the band kids' cars this is, and was provoking them. Basically from here on out, I love the movie. It's so brutal and I, like, the first whatever of the movie I'm cool with and I like, but the like last half hour, 40 minutes, I love. It's, it's the best part of the movie, I absolutely. love. So, he goes on a killing spree. Yeah, we get back to, he um, lures, makes, them, lures in, them to the junkyard yeah. that he works, like, junkyard slash where he fixes up cars and yeah. things of that nature. It very much looks like a junkyard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a scrapyard, So I'd he, say. like, carves that into their uh, car and then, like, makes them chase him mm-hmm. and lures them in. And he's got the Michael mask on um, once he gets there. So, like, they don't know that it's him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he just starts fucking killing all those band kids. Mm-hmm. Even the one that I felt kind of bad for, who was, like, always the one that was like, why are we doing this? We should stop. But I was like, girl, get better friends. I was going to say, stop hanging out with them. Stop hanging out with them. You're 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 young. You'll find new friends. So um, he fucking... He runs he over her. throat mm-hmm. with that dude. He ran that chick over... Uh, what did he do to the other chick? I can't remember. 
Yeah, I, well, he, so the one chick comes back for a friend that gets run over and he stabs her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the kid, the one of the boys, the main boy, finds the stepdad because he's still there, like, working security or something, and brings him outside. And the stepdad oh. gives him a gun and it's, says it's loaded, and then the kid accidentally shoots the dad. As he was, like, trying to be like, don't shoot, it's Corey. It's my son. Because yeah. Corey takes his mask off. And or... he shoots the fucking dad in the head. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, I don't remember how Corey kills that kid, but he does. The torch to the throat. That's, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He tor- He literally took a blowtorch down his that throat. that first kid it was... was just dead oh. in the car. He just, like, got him stabbed in the eyes or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then he goes back and kills the... His mother. Well, he kills the girl that, like, is still under the car half oh, yeah, dead yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. And then, yeah, and then he goes and kills his mom. I'm kind of sad... We don't get a lot of impact shots with her. Because she sucked. I would have rather... Like, we've had some gruesome kills. And it didn't even show her death. I would rather see her kill. Me too. Like, can I... See, like, I would. I want to see him stab her. Because she I sucks. I hate her, yeah. So, and that's... Yeah, I... These, like, really gruesome kills for these not-as-bad characters. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but we didn't Because the most see. gruesome kill is literally... Sir, uh, is, w- like, given to the... DJ. Yeah, I and love that like, kill. Yeah, he's not a great character, but, but he's also, very... like, he's not the worst. No, he's kind of insignificant to get as cool of a kill as he gets. He's a... Oh, that's my favorite kill. It's one of my favorite Michael kills ever, Goodbye, actually. Radio DJ. And his tongue. <laughs> yeah, he, like, smashes his fucking face Into over the soundboard over and over. Until his, like, jaw falls off and his tongue's hanging out. It's and then he crazy. cuts it off. Yeah, he cuts and it off. It, the guy's using an actual record, so you, like, see his tongue going around, like... And the little needle keeps, like, skipping over it and fucking up the song. It was so camp. And it's such a cool transition to, like, we're in the radio station hearing that, and then we're suddenly in Allison's car, and she's listening to that station, so she's hearing the music fuck up, because this guy just got fucking murdered on live air. Yup. So cool. And then we kind of transition to, um, Lori... All alone, and I think we forgot to mention, but Corey had a moment where he imagined himself talking to Lori, like he had like this imaginary conversation with her, and he was telling her like she was like in his mind saying stay away from Allison, and he was like if I can't have her, nobody can. So he's got in his mind that Lori is trying to keep them apart. Was that in his mind? Yeah. Because remember, he, like, shot up and the chair was empty in the corner and she wasn't there? And then, yeah, that was oh, completely I in his mind. Oh, I missed that! Yeah. That, that was would not even a real conversation. Michael would have been in the house at that point. Yeah. So that wasn't, that wasn't even oh, real. Oh, my God. Thank you. I missed yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. I remember that part. But, yeah, she's back in her room. She's drinking again. Yeah, she, she <coughs> called the police to be like, I'd like to report a suicide. No, look, in my notes... She pulls that out of her drawer, and I wrote, oh, good, a gun. And then I wrote, oh, no, a gun. Yeah. I was like, this is not how we're going to fucking end this. I was like, there's no goddamn way that this is how Lori's going to go out like a fucking... Because she calls the police and reports a suicide. Yeah. I really yeah. thought that was it. And then... But that was so fucking smart. And then you hear the gun go off, and this big you see this big splatter. But it's also cool because, like Casey was saying earlier with the camera work, we are like... We are looking into the room as if we are 
Michael Myers mm-hmm. or Corey yep. or whoever's, which is that very first shot that we got in the 78 was a POV shot. And it's what, it was not the first that used that. Cause obviously black Christmas. Right. Um, but it was so, yeah. it was such a fun nod. Yes. There's so many fun nods to the original. Yes. I did. That I really I do love that. I do. I really think it's, yeah. Um, so yeah, you see this big splatter and he, like, starts to open the door and you realize she just shot a pumpkin, of course. And she's got the gun trained on him. And she said, you didn't really think I'd kill myself. What did you? And pow! Ooh, she shoots him, like, three or four times. Mm-hmm. I shot him six times! Six times! <laughs> oh, man, see, that's... Oh, R.I.P. Donald Pleasant. I was I gonna say, so that's what I really love about the first few, um, is... Just unhinged Dr. <laughs> Loomis. That's what these movies are missing. I, I hated love. Sartain in 2018. I thought Me he too. was the worst part of that movie. But I love Malcolm McDowell as Dr. Loomis and Rob Zombie. He was a douchebag, but yes. I love Malcolm McDowell. Yes. I thought Put him was... in anything and I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I love unhinged Loomis. That's the only thing we're missing in this movie. Because I love unhinged Loomis just going around and fucking with kids and just being crazy. I just love, I love Dr. Loomis. I think he's awesome. Who doesn't? Who doesn't miss Donald Pleasance? Well, after this, you know, we kind of get this battle between Corey and Lori. And... Oh, I wrote right after she shot him, I wrote, You ain't no Mikey My My, you a bitch. (laughs) He is a bitch. But, yeah, he essentially hears Allison parking her car, and he starts laughing maniacally, and... As... Because she's got him down on the ground. She's got him dead to rights. She's... You know, he can't do anything to her. And she's like, Allison's coming up. She's gonna see exactly what I've been telling her. So he took the knife and he stabbed himself in the fucking throat. He said, if I can't have her, and then jams it in his throat. Yep. Just like that conversation he had... That imaginary conversation that he had with her. And And it was... You know, I was so pissed again... Because mm-hmm. Allison walked in and immediately was like, why did, what did you do to him? She didn't see, like, the Michael Myers mask yeah. laying on the floor. First of all, why was he in the house? Second right. of all, why was he in the house with a Michael Myers mask? Why was he in a jumpsuit? Wh- Where'd the knife come from? Why do you think your grandma would just unprovoked stab a person? Nev- it didn't make any sense. No, it made it didn't. no sense. Because she, she just leaves immediately. She just um, fucking leaves. Doesn't even care if he's alive or dead. No. Just leaves. Yep. And the thing is, he's alive for another second after that. Because he, like... Comes back to life at one point. And for... Michael Myers made sure that he didn't stay alive. He, yes, yes. Because <laughs> he, uh, Michael does come back in the house because he wants his mask. Um, and he comes in and takes the mask back. And he, when he goes to grab the knife, Corey, like, half wakes back up. And then, how does he kill him? I think he just stabs so him. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know if he, like, stomped him. Or, I, can't I can't remember. remember. It's not, it wasn't We do important. love a good yeah. Michael Myers head stomp. Oh, Yeah. Head stomp. But yeah, then we get um, the battle we've all been waiting for. Michael Myers in this corner of the ring. And in this corner we have Jamie Lee. The final girl. Final showdown. It's the final showdown. Do 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 Anyways, and that's this is literally how hyped I got when I realized, oh shit, it's fucking finally. Oh my god, Lori B. Michael in the ultimate SmackDown. And you can you can just like it's so this is so realistic to me because you can tell that even though they both like 
are so determined. They're they're still older and they're mm-hmm. they're slowed and the uh-huh. hits they hurt a lot I worse. I love that she grabs a sewing or a uh, knitting needle to try to stab him with again. Yep. I love that. Yeah, I got real real scared at the uh uh garbage disposal part. Oh my fucking god! I again, thought she was gonna lose a hand again. Leading back to Michael's got a sadistic sense of humor, man. He's like, ha, I'm gonna shove her hand down. Like that's yeah. not gonna kill her. You're just gonna like he's really just, fuck her. Yeah, up. he's just fucking with her. And they have this really, really intense fight scene that I absolutely fucking love. Yeah, he's just so sadistic. And then, and then she stabs him in both hands. And he is literally crucified on this table. She fucking hammers them in with a cast iron. Hammers the knives in with a cast iron stove. Yes, she does. She is. And he's laying there like Jesus on the fucking countertop. But his hands are more like bath mat. <laughs> Ooh, that's true. Yeah, because he does <laughs> like have Satan. a couple fingers. <laughs> she did. She did blow those off at one point. <laughs> but yeah, like then she stabs him in the side and just leaves it in there for a minute and then yanks it out. And there's this huge gush of blood. And then she does take his mask off. She's taking his mask off at this point, of course, because why would you want him to leave it on? Um, she's got a huge drawer of knives that I thought she was just going to start stabbing him with. Me too. Like he did to the, that one dude in the last movie. And then she slits his throat open. She said, you're just a man who's about to stop breathing. And she slits his throat. And we're watching the blood pour out. I mean, this man's literally bleeding out. Yeah. And And he fucking rips his hand out. Finishes cutting it in half, basically. Yeah. To grab her throat. In one final attempt. Have you seen Men? No. The new one that came out? There's That reminds me of this scene where somebody's hand gets, like, bifurcated, like, up the forearm. But, yeah, it's, like, it's super gross. It's, oh. Anyway. He starts choking her, and she, we get these flashbacks, and she, I think she's kind of ready at that point for a second. She said, do it. Fucking do it. Because he's going to snap her neck, basically, or try. She thought, like, he's going to die, I'm going to die. This will finally die. Mm-hmm. This town can finally heal. Yep. And. But nope. Nope. Here comes Allison coming back because she realized that, because she saw the uh, radio tower on fire, and then she overheard. And this was something that surprised me. She over- she heard that uh, Lori made a 911 call, and when. Lori made that call, and then we got the twist that, like, she had the gun or whatever trained on uh, Corey. I thought that she had faked the call, but she had actually called 911. And that's how they knew to come to the house, and that's how Allison decided to come back. Yeah, that's why I wrote genius. Yes. Because she actually does call them. Like, she does. Yeah. And it was just, it was whatever it was, it was going to get 911 there. Yep. And uh, so uh, Allison comes back, saves the day, and... Uh, then Lori cuts Michael's wrist just to bleed him out further. And, like, holds his fit hand uh-huh. as he was bleeding out. And it was finally done. And she, like, threw the refrigerator on him. Like, this man? Yes. They mangled the fuck out of this man. Yes, he is super fucking dead. And we get... We never... I do love that we never get a full face shot of Michael's face. It's all in 
shadow. It's in little glimpses. It's from weird angles. It's going through a meat grinder. But you can <laughs> see his skin looks so disgusting when he's laying there on the table. I mean, he's been living in a sewer for three years under a his, mask. His little chin hairs. Ugh. I can... Ugh. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. So, the cops finally get there and... Um, Oh, what's his name? Frank. Frank walks back and sees the girls there. And she's, he says, Michael Myers. And she says, he's dead, but not dead enough. <laughs> and I love that. Because, yep, dead, but not dead enough. They do the thing <laughs> that every horror movie you watch, every horror movie you watch, when they get the bad guy, you're like, do this. Do this thing. This is the thing I want you to do. And they never and they do. do it. And they finally do it. They put him in a fucking, what is it, meat grinder or something? Or... They strap him on top of a car. I do love the, like, parade. Pr- procession. They parade him through fucking town. You His get to dead see, body on top of this car. You see the little kid that, whose babysitter died in the first one. She was my number one best babysitter. Yeah. You get to see him. You get to see the lady in the With wheelchair. With the white tube. Yeah. Yep. And it's... There, there's a, there's a cop there and he's like, this isn't how we do things. And the sheriff was like, it is tonight. The cool one with the hat. Yeah. Like, I feel like he should have gotten more to do in all the movies. I know. I really liked him. I liked his character a lot. And he was like, we do tonight. This yeah. is how this town starts and to heal. And this is, it's literally a per- parade and a funeral procession. It is a, it is them finally dealing with the trauma that has plagued this town for, for decades year, decades yeah. decades yeah. upon decades of just generational trauma in this town and paranoia and fear and grief that has never been dealt with and the entire town is coming together and reconciling that and finally putting it to rest putting it you know getting peace and closure from this situation that has kept coming back and kept fucking with them over and over again and, you know, we finally get the end scene of him, Lori watching him go into the meat grinder. It's so gnarly. It is gnarly. And it, you know, we transition into Lori writing her book and talking about it. And she, the the last line that she leaves us with in reference to, like, this book that she's writing is, evil doesn't die, it changes shapes. Yes. Um, I love this. I think it's a perfect end to this trilogy. Absolutely. Um, I love that we finally got to see the death of Michael and that we saw the death of Corey and it's like, whatever happens here is going to be something completely different and fresh and we're not going to be beating a dead horse. They're either going to have to remake it or Rob Zombie will make a third one of his or but like this timeline, they like it's very rare to get a finale like that on a timeline of a long-standing horror franchise. Yeah. Just absolutely. like a very definitive ending to this particular canon. And I I love that. I it's Halloween ends and I, I do. I, I mean, whatever happens to the character, I know he'll come up in other things. I know there will be more Halloween movies eventually. Yeah. They're just... Remakes have happened since cinema began. Right. You know? um, I like what they tried to do with this movie. I like, you know, in every every movie, even though it's the same, you know, characters and they're dealing with the same monster, they all have very different themes of, you know, the first one, 
has a lot to do with women's generational trauma and how it's passed down from woman to woman. Um, the second one is very much about community grief and um, also the idea of mob justice and mob rule, how it never works out. Right. Um, how mob justice is never real justice. Um, and then in this one, we get, you know, the themes of violent people created by a fearful society and, you know, very much in Corey's character. And I get people's, uh, like, hatred or dislike of this movie, the fact that it didn't focus so much on Laurie and Michael, and it is a drama love story, I get it, which that does weigh it down a bit. But there is just so much that I love about this movie, specifically if I keep my head canon about Silver Shamrock on it, <laughs> that I just, I really... It's it's already nestled its way into my heart a little bit, and I want to watch it again. You know, having watched it twice, I like it. Yeah. I was really confused at first, but I do like it, and like you said, there are a lot of redeeming qualities for me, and anything that can play on my nostalgia heartstrings will have a special place in my heart, and I think this movie did a really good job of that, as well as a really good job of bringing in new elements, um, yes. especially since you opened my mind to the possibility of a silver shamrock situation. Right. Well, totally changes my idea of this and, movie. Yeah, while they're also paying such homage to the original in such good ways. Not right. like ripping it off, but just subtle homage that I, you know, I, I really like this movie. I get that it's divisive, and if somebody wants to tell me they hate it and that's their least favorite of the series, I get it. That's fine. You're allowed to have that opinion. Um, but that's not my opinion. Right. Curse is the worst. The Curse of Michael Myers is the worst in the yeah, canon. Yeah, sorry, okay. Paul Rudd. Sorry, I love you, Paul Rudd, but it's bad. It's a bad <laughs> It's a bad movie. Well, guys, we are so happy that you, again, have been sticking with us through this crazy awesome month of October. Yes. You know it's our favorite. We've been trying to get out so much content. This is going to come out on Halloween, so happy Halloween, happy Halloween to everyone. I hope you all had a safe weekend over the weekend, and I hope you all have a safe night tonight if you're listening to this on Halloween. Happy birthday, Dad. I miss you. Yes, happy birthday, Dad. Jess is Dad. We love you. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just dedicate this episode to him. Don't yeah, yeah, I love that. Yep. So, um, we hope you had a safe weekend and, uh, I usually have a really, like, you know, pretty good idea of what the schedule is going to be. So I try to let you guys know, um, we've been doing a lot of really good movies and a lot of movies that we've had a lot of high praise for and a lot of heady stuff that's got really deep themes and meanings. And I just want to do something stupid. Stupid. <laughs> I mean a bad movie that's just bad and I want to rip into it and laugh and make fun of it. So we're going to watch the Kiefer Sutherland movie Mirrors. And it's <laughs> bad. And it's going to be hilarious. And I can't wait to rip into that shit. I love it. I love a bad movie. We need a bad movie. We, we need, do. Yeah, we, we need We need a break. We, we need, need a break to make from all of. the good. <laughs> yes, all the good and all the, it's like... It's too good. Yeah, you got so much to think about and, like, all these, like, I, you know... Yeah, let's just turn our brains off and be idiots. Yeah, I just want to watch this stupid-ass movie and, for some reason, mirrors came to mind, so... Perfect. We love it. I love it. So, uh, yeah, well, we look forward to that. And, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deepers Creepers. And if you want uh, to email us, Deepers Creepers Pod, at gmail.com. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Stay, Stay spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye.
guys.